the college football experience week three preview and picks episode on the sports gambling podcast networks presented by win bet bet $10 at win bet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by us. Yes, the SGPN app. Make sure to download that app. It is free to download in the App Store and Google Play Store. It is your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. So grab that thing today and let it ride. This is Brian Bosworth, AKA The Boz, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, brother. Peace out, Baza. Yes, yes, yes. Woo-wee. Welcome. Welcome to the college football experience week three, 2022 season preview. We're in may guys. And uh, yeah, look we're we've been going through all the weeks. Make sure you go back and check them out. Uh, we went through all 30 coaching hires. We did a transfer portal episode. We have all this great stuff. So uh, yeah, check all that out. My name is Colby swinging database dead, AKA pick. Done D. That's not a pick. This is a pick. Nobody knows nothing. Somebody knows. Double the price, but no one touches Dundee. <laughs> what are we just three months away from football? Well, we got Ooh. USFL. Make sure you subscribe to the USFL Gambling Podcast because we host that too. But we're about three three months. Uh, well, four months away. Three, four. Depending on how you look at it, uh, from college football action, and I am joined by my co-host. Former, former JMU Duke defensive back. Give it up for the burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, Patty C in the place to be. Hi, oh, oh, yeah, buddy. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is coming. The sequel's coming soon. You know what I want to see? I feel like it was popular on the highlight tapes to put a little uh, epic uh, Top Gun anthem. Maybe the kids nowadays bring it back because the sequel's coming out. Maybe you get a little Pretty volleyball epic. scene with Kenny Pickett. I know you want that. Um, <laughs> all right, Play with are, the boys, baby. <laughs> we are joined by a third man in the booth. Give it up for the DFS God himself, the rooftop IPA drinking. Home brew making, tobacco road living, the free lock giving. Former, former Herd of Basketball League MVP. Give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. What's going on, guys? Touchdown, Washington Redskins. Uh, That's what I, I gotta gave say. You. I gotta say, Patty C kind of looks like an asshole cop tonight. <laughs> you know, like the cop that gives you a ticket for like going like six over. Yeah, That's yeah, definitely. Patty C tonight. He's coachies from Sabotage. I right. look the, at the it, aviators. It, the, the dark aviators are asshole glasses. They are. So. They are. But I appreciate them. If you're not listening, I mean, if you're listening to this, make sure you check us out on YouTube. We are not recording this from the SGPN studio because I feel like a horse's ass right now, but you, uh, don't, you don't look much better, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You get to see a really sick me over here. I'm like Namath on the, on the Rams right now. You know what I mean? Like this is Colby's flu. Uh, his flu pod. Yeah. My flu pod. <laughs> it's like Jordan's game six against the jazz. All right. I'm going to deliver. Uh, but here we are talking week three college football. COVID was over. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, look, anything I can do to milk Sean and Ryan for a couple more dollars, you got to do it. Got to do it. I'm joking. Uh, but uh, here we are, week three. We're about to preview. Um, if I pass out, then uh, carry on with the picks. Um, but before we get into that, NFL draft just happened. Hopefully, you listen to our NFL draft stuff or my or all of our content. I graded every single team. It's over at sportscannypodcast.com. Or if you get the SGPN app, you'll have all that. Um, Nick, we keyed in on this on another college football experience episode, but uh, Texas Longhorns had zero players drafted despite three or four years in the top 10 recruiting. Hilarious. Of the, like, so aligning it with the upperclassmen that would be there at the time. Right. You know, COVID, they gave you that extra year. So I even went back one year there. What, what do you, what do you make of that? No, I mean, it, not only is it just the one year this year, but also, as you mentioned, the lack of, of top uh, or first round draft picks, there's only been like what two in the last decade or something you mentioned. So I, I don't know what to make of it. Obviously there's a problem. I mean, you've heard before, or at least I heard before that, that high school football in Texas is at such a high level. Like players have already exceeded, you know, their abilities and there's no more room to grow. And I don't know if, if there's any truth to that, but I've heard it before. Uh, but it, it makes no sense. I mean, obviously either they're not getting coached up or whoever the coaches at Texas, the coaches are, they're not you know going after the right guys, but it, it is pretty remarkable. And, you know, and life for the Longhorns only gets tougher come uh, SEC time. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they fare in the Southeastern Conference. Nick Duke and Colorado didn't have a player drafted either. We're on the same level as Texas, <laughs> pretty much. All man. right, so we've, we've all we've all won about as much as the Longhorns have recently. So yeah, we are. <laughs> um, well, I'll say this too. Uh, maybe they were going after the right guys because Garrett Wilson got drafted pretty high, but. Ohio State swiped them right out from under uh, Texas's nose, and so you know that that's what happens when your coaches are at strip clubs, I guess. But I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it all does come back down to coaches. Obviously, Texas probably has not had the right coach there in a number of years. We, we're still not sure if they do now. They probably don't. You could argue. Uh, may, maybe it's too soon to say that. I don't know. But I mean, it, but it at what point? Down- at what point does it come to? Well, who is the right coach? I mean, if you go back, you know, forty years of football. Besides yeah. Mac Brown, no one's really won a ton there. Why not? You should be able to. Yeah. I find that fascinating that them or like San Diego State had more players drafted than USC, and USC had three years in the top 10 as well. Yeah. Um, all that stuff. UCLA, how about uh, Chip Kelly putting six pros in, doubling what USC did? Um, I find is all that. A, is it like an attitude? Like, you know, you know the, the players from Texas, the, high, the highly rated high school players that get to Texas, they feel like they're entitled. They don't have to work as hard. They're not the underdog. They don't have a chip on their shoulder. I mean, could that be something too? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm grasping for straws here. There has to be some kind of reasoning, right? Yeah. I mean, it could be, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just find it fascinating and it, it, you know, I like to, to put that feather in my hat for how overrated recruiting is now at the same time. I know you can say the Georgia thing, 15 players, obviously that's remarkable. But uh, I still think majority of that uh, is is tainted numbers. Miami was in the top ten. They put one player, one player. Florida State put one player. They didn't even recruit him. He grad transferred in to, from Georgia. <laughs> so, uh, but also I wanted to key in on uh, Jordan Addison. I know me and Patty C made our picks uh, or our statements on that. But Nick, yeah, your thoughts on Jordan Addison, Pitt 
Pitt wide receiver Blitnikoff winner, 100 catches. He's now at USC. Uh, good get for the Trojans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Like you know, I guess he technically wasn't in the transfer portal. Is it tampering or something? I mean, it just seems to me like college football is the complete wild west right now. So almost like nobody should get penalized for anything. Uh, that's appears to be the landscape of our 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 beloved sport. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean well, it's a good get for Texas. Bad, it sucks for Pittsburgh. It's the lay of the land rather. these days. Yeah, no, so yeah, it sucks for Pitt. I, I mean, yeah. look, this is all like to me. It's like people that are outraged, and I saw the Desmond Howard video and the uh, Aaron Taylor. I, I find it kind of crazy to me that they don't think that this was happening. Like Patrick Peterson grew up in Miami and just said, "Hey, you know, he wanted to play for Miami. That was his dream." And signing day came and he took a bag of $200,000 uh, to go play at LSU. You know what I mean? Like it, this is yeah. funny how that works. <laughs> I, yeah. I definitely heard y'all's pod from earlier in the week. I agree. I mean, I don't have like a scorching hot take on this. I don't know how it's going to change college football. If it does at all, obviously I'm concerned. I mean, we love college football and and it might look drastically different in a few years. You don't like to hear, you know, that, that, USC went ahead and plucked one of the best receivers in the country across the country in May because they could outspend Pittsburgh, but it is what it is. And it, it definitely was happening before, maybe not with the transfers, but it happened, you know, with, with recruits coming in, but I don't know, man, it just seems like a, a crazy landscape of college football right now. I'm not sure where this is taking us. Uh, we all agree that college football players, I think they probably should be able to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. But is that even what they're doing? I think this is, they're just getting paid by rich boosters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that the same thing? I mean, it's not like, you know, the guy is going out and signing autographs or doing a commercial at the local Hardee's or something. I think they're just getting paid. Yeah. I mean, is that knows? okay? I, you could argue it is. A, it, you could argue it is okay. Well, so, my, um, my argument is it's been happening for, for to me, like yeah. I'm all for it because it's been happening. And that's why we have this gigantic divide that it's been pretty stale in college football. I think for the past, you know, really 15 years, 20 years, but the difference is now it's also happening with transfers because they don't have to sit out. Yeah. So true. now it's like full blown, whoever you want, no limit, <laughs> go after whoever the hell you want. But USC uh, or, I mean, you know. if you're a pit fan then I mean, next year, uh, go out and and get as many players as you can. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think Pitt has as deep as of uh, pockets as USC. Um, so I think if you're a pit oh, fan, I think give Dan a Marino a call. He's got some of that Ace Ventura <laughs> money, right? Or, or find a way to make your school more of a glamorous place to go. You know, it's easier, it it's easier said than done. It is, but I don't think like the likes of Wisconsin necessarily has had to, you know, worry about that kind of transferring thing. They can just develop talent th their way. But if half of it's going to walk out the door because their school isn't glamorous enough, they might have to change their image a little bit. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know about glamorous. I just think schools have to uh, be in bed with boosters as far as NIL goes. I think they have to, in order to attract freshmen, they have to say, "Hey, look, these are our NFL pro, uh, our NIL programs that our boosters offer. This is how much you can make." And then you know, be active in uh, the transfer portal, bringing people in, and also keeping your current players happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we get to week three, I got one more note I want to key in on here. And I'm very, you know, I'm not finished with this stat. So maybe I'm an asshole for bringing it up right here, but um, within the, so I went through 21 years of data, right? And well, first off, 
if you, if you can't see this here, so I went for group or uh, power five teams on the road at group of five teams, right? Uh, believe it or not. Uh, so the SEC's all time is 45 and 19 in 21 years, technically 20 years because of the COVID year, right? 20 years of that. They're 45 and 19, but get this. They are uh, just 18 and 16 when playing a group of five on the road, that's 500 or better. Right, eighteen and sixteen against a group of five on the road. That I mean, that's pretty remarkable. I found those numbers, but also um, Alabama's only played two group of five teams on the road ever, and that was pre Nick Saban. But they went one and one against Hawaii. They did, I guess, a four game series with Hawaii. They won their one against Hawaii by five. They lost another one to Hawaii by eight. But Michigan and Ohio State have only played one out of conference away game against a group of five in 21 years. And even with that, Michigan has a three point win at Yukon. Ohio state has a four point win at Cincinnati. Do you find that? Do you find that nugget like helpful at all? And that wasn't even at Cincinnati. That was in Paul Brown stadium, which was probably half Buckeye fans at least. Uh, I mean, I, I find that stat unbelievable that so they're 18 and one against three wins. So the sec, when they, when they go to group of five teams, they're 18 and one, if they're a three win team or worse. Right. Uh, but when they play a decent team, just, I mean, 500 or better, they're 18 and 16 on the road. I like to say these numbers and I, I've done some other numbers, but I'm saying like, because I think scheduling is such a big deal to give you an idea, folks, Alabama's played two group of fives on the road in 21 years. Ohio State's played one. If you want to give it that one, Michigan's and I played think one. That kind of you know is a problem because I think your numbers are skewed. Because I, I think if you are the top teams in the country, why would you play a, a, well, a group well, of five team on the road? But this is so just what, what you're getting is you're getting middle tier Power Five conference or bottom tier like you're getting Vanderbilt's and Northwesterns and you know and Dukes playing these road games. So I, I think that kind of skews the numbers a little bit. I'm sure it does. But at the same time, the reality is Alabama is a blue blood and they're one and one on the road. And their one win was by five points. Michigan beat a bad, a three win Yukon team by three on the road. All right. This just in it's tough to win on the road. Yes. Well, that, that's my point with all of <laughs> this man. Oregon state has played 18, 18 group of fives on the road in that same stretch. 18 because they're the Vanderbilt of the sec or the Northwestern or the Duke, or, I mean, you don't even have to go with the worst. I mean, you could just pick like wake forest or something, or, uh, you know, uh, you could go Purdue. Uh, you know, these are most of the time you have average or the bad teams of the big conferences doing that. You don't have, and that's a problem though. Yes. That's a problem. That's why a small playoff is at a tilt from when you start the season, when it kicks off, you were at a tilt. That's why you need a large playoff. I mean, is it a problem? Uh, yes. The, the better teams in America can do what they want. Scheduling is that to in, the, in their advantage? Sure. Of course it is. But that's uh, my point. Know, but, I guess my argument is getting back to why we need a large playoff because I can't, if right. you're telling me the sec is, uh, is uh, you know, uh, 18 and 16 against, against a power five t- or a group of five teams, 500 or better. You know, I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, there's a, I, I believe that there's plenty of teams that could have made a run in those years. So if you're Alabama and you, and you can pack a hundred thousand in your home stadium, you're going to go on the road and play Southern miss that's, that sits 20. 
I get it. I get it. But at the same time, that should be accounted for. That's yes. why you need well, a large playoff. Are you really getting the best teams? Is my is my is my question. You'll find no argument with me. You do need a larger playoff. Well, I completely agree. And then, I mean, just to give you an idea to compare, I went through Alabama since 2000 has played 188 Power Five games. Right? That's not including the COVID year. But if you want to include the COVID year, it was a 10 game season for the SEC, so it was 198 then. Right? USC has played in that same stretch. 228 games against power five opponents. And that does not count BYU, which they've scheduled four times. Right. And, and if you add the COVID year, which is only a five games for the PAC 12, it's at 233. This has got to have an effect over a long term. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and you can say, why does the PAC 12 play nine conference games, big 10 as well. It's not a level playing field. I think, I mean, the problem is that there's no commissioner. To to make it uniform, which is why you, I, I know you. I'm not arguing it with you because I know right. you believe in that. But which is why right. people need to wake up on it being. A, it needs to be a very large playoff because there's yeah. so much schedule man, manipulation that I I think if you the more you look into the numbers, the more eye opening it is. Yes, well, at I, least I, at least triple the amount of teams. Now we don't have to go into a whole like what what's our favorite playoff situation. For me, it's twelve. But yeah, I, I'm way it, way bigger than triple that. it. <laughs> Way bigger than that, Patty. See what are you gonna say? Uh, I kind of I, I lost my train of thought there. But we were talking about I don't know. I, I think I think it just came and went. But basically, big. what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, man. He's calling you a cop. Uh, <laughs> you you um, look like fucking. You're in the sabotage music video. <laughs> I wish I had uh, some sabotage music right now. I have no idea what the fuck sabotage is <laughs> from the beastie boys. boys. Come on, man. Come on. Okay. Sorry. I'm not look. All right. Let, let's be honest like about 20 the years ago. <laughs> let's be honest about the beastie boys here. Beastie boys were tight in the 1980s. By the time I really started like dialing into rap and shit, the beastie boys were not cool. Really? It was I disagree. Sabotage. sabotage was like nineties. Get you Jack song. And that was like oh, yeah, 1994. Sure. <laughs> Was it? And they really? had uh, intergalactic. That was intergalactic. Yeah. Was not fucking like really hip. It was like kind of nerdy. You're crazy. You're crazy. Uh, this is blasphemy. End the podcast. <laughs> Fuck this. Um. All right. Let's uh, let's dive into it, guys. It is time. <laughs> NC Nick, you are on the clock with the first pick in the week three draft. What'd you, what'd you guys make of this week before we dive into individual games? Well, first off, it sucks that there's only one weekday game. That is crazy. I don't know why there's zero Thursday games and only one ACC matchup on Friday. That's just ridiculous. I don't know what college football is doing. It makes no sense to me. Like I, I, I mean, I, I don't even understand how the FCS doesn't try to your schools could be so much more valuable, right? Yes. The NFL plays Thursday night. Yes. They are the biggest television event every week. It's okay. You can compete. I mean, it's still that or have a hundred games on Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Uh, So I don't understand it, man. And it seems like so far this year, this is the the worst years so far with these, with like just almost zero, hardly any weekday games. I, I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the hell's going on. It's it's uh, hopefully they add a bunch. That's all I'm hoping is maybe they add some in the coming months. Yeah. But overall, I think um, it's not the best week, especially for me having the one, the, the number one pick. I don't think there's a glaring top game. 
I don't know about you guys, but I kind of struggled to pick my favorite. Uh, I, I, I went with tradition. So that kind of gives away my, my number one. Well, I don't think this game is, is tradition, but I, I think on name brand alone, if I could be TMZ Nick here for a second, Miami at Texas A&M is a big game. Uh, I mean, first off, give the U credit because they scheduled Bama last year, and they and this year they go on the road to play A and M. That's tough, man. Um, it's going to be Crystal Ball's biggest challenge because they open up with Bethune Cookman and Southern Miss. But I am a Tyler Van Dyke guy, so I think this could be a game. And uh, with A and M, I mean Haynes King, Max Johnson. They open up the season with three straight home games. They should beat Sam Houston State and App, but you never know. Uh, I'm hearing, I, I'm hearing it's going to be Max Johnson that's starting for them. Are you okay? Yeah. Um, but I think this game will tell us if A and M is a real contender this year or not. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, well, in Miami, it, it will tell us if they're any good too. Because yeah. I mean, Oregon only had one player drafted. Nick, everyone's talking. But Manny Diaz had the same amount of players drafted as Oregon this year. All right, I think this is going to be a game. Though I don't see a blowout. Uh, especially like I, I like the the Hurricanes quarterback. I think they they can st- stay in this game. I you know it's going to be obviously a tough, very tough place to play. I lean A and M, but if if they're favored by, I, I have no idea what a line would be. What do you think? Like six minus seven? Yeah, seven, six, seven, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be a, a good game, and all, like I said, on name brand alone, I think it deserves to be near the top of everybody's list. But I wouldn't have that big of a prop if you guys picked a, a different game. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a fun game. I mean, Miami, I mean, they stopped scheduling the conference USA cause they were losing so often, but um, so they, they, they went to a, to a step up with, no, I'm joking, but uh, uh, Texas A and M, I don't know. I mean, Texas A and M's coming into the season with a ton of hype, Miami, obviously ton of hype around Cristobal and bringing in a bunch of transfers. Uh, Patty, see, what do you make of Miami, Texas A and M? Well, I feel like Texas A and M has a slightly harder slate with uh Sam Houston and then App State both coming to College Station. Miami, meanwhile, hosting Bethune Cookman and Southern Myth Miss. But both should be two and zero pretty easily in this game. Um, the hype will be there. I imagine College Game Day will be there unless somehow Nebraska and Oklahoma or uh, Auburn and Penn State are both uh, undefeated in this. Then it might be a toss up. But if these two teams are both undefeated, the hype will be there. And uh, I think the big game environment. Definitely favors A and M. I don't know how many of those Miami's played in over the past decade, just because Miami fans don't show up uh, if they're not undefeated. So um, I, I would have to favor A and M here. I think it, it'll probably be pretty. A and M definitely comes out for their games. Their fans are good, and this is the probably the hardest game they have in the first what almost half of their season. I guess uh, probably Arkansas next week is going to be a harder game than that. But that's not at, uh, that, that's a know. neutral site game. That's true. That's, That's true. one of those Jerry's neutral world, right? site games in Jerry's world, which is a home game in a That's way. That's right. Yeah, this is a good game though, especially if Miami's uh, figured something out. If Tyler Van Dyke really is uh, going to take a, a step forward here, then who knows? Maybe it can be competitive. But neither of these teams is really title contenders, in my opinion. So, as that being the number one game, that tells you this week maybe not the the, the best week ever. There you go. Patty C, you are on the clock with pick two. Well, I heard you say you're going to go tradition here. And actually uh, I'm not saving it for you because I think there is a better game than that. Uh, I'm going to go Penn state traveling down to Auburn. Uh, Penn state squeaked out a, a, a good game, a win in a barn burner against Auburn last year in happy Valley. So 
Uh, this would be massive for Penn State, and Harson really needs this one on the planes. So, do I think Penn State has a good chance? Sure. Do I think the game's going to be very close? I do. I would actually even favor Penn State here. Yeah, all, I mean Auburn seems to be a dumpster fire right now, but I mean obviously the crowd will be lit. But um, it's a huge game for Harson. It's absolutely huge game for Brian Harson. Yeah, agreed, hundred percent. Nick, Penn State, Auburn, two of your favorite teams growing up. <laughs> what, do, what do you make of this one? I did take some turns liking both those schools for a, a little bit of time. I had rank number five. It's up there though. Like I said, like none of these games are clearly head and shoulders above others. Uh, it was a fun game a year ago in happy Valley when, with Penn state winning 28, 20 kudos for these teams for playing home and aways and not neutral sites. So give them credit for that. And uh, yeah, both teams have question marks entering this year, especially at Auburn, but Auburn opens the season with five straight home games. I mean, <laughs> you know, could a quick start help save Harson's job. If you yes. look at it, Mercer, San Jose State, Penn State, Missouri, LSU. Five games at home. That's a great schedule. Go? That's a great schedule. Where, where do they go? Four I mean, they could they could go four and, and one. They could go four and one. They could go five and zero oh there. They could also go two and three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that's that's going to be one of the more interesting storylines this year is the Auburn the, Tigers. The question is, I I think they can take care of Mizzou at home and, and Mercer and San Jose State. Sure. Can they beat either Penn State or LSU? And, and let That's me ask you this: it, We talk about Brian Harson on the hot seat. What about James Franklin? With he just had eight players drafted, which was more than Alabama and Ohio State, and they went seven and six a year ago. Well, I'm going to say this: Starting your season off on a Thursday night in West Lafayette against Purdue, not doing yourself many favors there. Uh, talk about what's going to be a lit crowd there, and then if if he starts out one and two, you know, by losing to Auburn two weeks later. It's going to be an uphill, uphill climb all season to get on the fans' good side. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, I mean, those those two road games in in your first three games at Purdue at Auburn. That's tough, man. They would uh, never do that to Ohio State. Yeah, seriously. It seems like Penn State always gets screwed screwed with the schedule. I want to say last year they had a really tough gauntlet as well. The problem is quarterback play. I mean, I I, I guess Sean Clifford's going to start again, but I think they've just got an average quarterback play. Everything else is there. Some you know, of that though was the I, I thought the offensive line was a little little shitty last year. Yeah. So hopefully they get better this year. Give Clifford some more time. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, pick three. Guys, I'm taking you. I'm taking you to Lincoln. I'm taking you to Oklahoma at Nebraska. Some say this is the greatest game that's ever been played in college football. Um. What Ooh. do you? No, oh, 1970 was it? 1970. Mm. 71, I 71, think. yeah. Um, Greatest game was Texas USC championship. No, Boise State, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, but it was a random Fiesta Bowl. It, it, Boise it, it State was undefeated. It. it didn't mean as much. I don't know. Uh, but uh, Oklahoma, Nebraska. Um, I right, look, this is a high stakes game for Scott Frost, obviously. I mean, he's already suspended five days if they win the Big Ten West. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious job by the NCAA, by the way. They had they had one too many coaches. There's a coach count on how many coaches you can have. So they had someone that was a part of the staff that was not a coach, but yet was caught coaching. So Scott Frost, if they win the Big Ten West, is suspended five days without practice. He cannot go. <laughs> how what does a the random NCAA, penalty? How do they come up with this shit? 
<laughs> it's the NCAA, man. <laughs> like Trev Alberts, the AD of uh, of Nebraska, what did he fucking send him a? I don't know what the Amazon gift card. I don't fucking get it. Like what? What? <laughs> First off, I had no idea. I just assumed every university could have as many coaches as they wanted. Cause yeah, wouldn't that work against random. you if you have too many coaches? <laughs> I would think. Well, that's but, probably why like Alabama hires those like analysts. So they're yeah. not actually coaching. They're just like, you know, looking at plays and, you know, offering advice to coaches. They're not like hands-on with players, I would assume. Either way, it's ridiculous. But this game's fun. And I think, you know, obviously this is Venable's first road test. Um, and this is a historic rivalry. So if Venables want to get, get, you know, this is a they, their fan bases hate each other. So if Venables wants to get on the right foot of being at Oklahoma, it's a great win for them. If Scott Frost, you know, wants to be there next year, it's a huge game for him. Give me Oklahoma at Nebraska. Nick, your thoughts? Yeah, talk about job savers. If if that Penn State Auburn's a job saver for Harrison, maybe this game is a job saver for Frost because uh, the time is is running out. He needs some wins quickly. They were close in Lincoln last year. Uh, definitely covered. I think it was a, just a one score game. In Norman. Something. In Norman. Yeah. I'm that, that, say. I said Lincoln. Uh, yeah. yeah I mean, he threw a pick. Adrian Martinez threw a pick. I think late in that game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now in Lincoln, it's huge. It's huge game for Nebraska. And obviously, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma with the new uh, head coach, I mean, they want to get started on the right foot, you know, put their, their best foot forward. So that includes getting off to a good start and beating a team you should beat in Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. Patty C. Do you think if Nebraska wins this, we'll have an ABC announcer say Nebraska is back hundred <laughs> percent chance. Uh, let's yeah. see who Nebraska starts on with. And they, then they'll lose and then they'll lose to Minnesota the following week. <laughs> <laughs> and so, well, fortunately they get a buy. So letdown wow. is not a, not a possibility here, but uh, the beginning of the season, it, it could, could have a couple losses uh, Northwestern and Ireland. If this is a, uh, a typical, I, I, saw, I, I mean, I took, I went to that game last year in Lincoln and, and it was like 65 to seven. So right. Pat Fitzgerald's <laughs> got his work cut out for him, but I, I'm not going to uh, doubt him because I know in, in he always has a bad year. And then for like two years in a row, they have great years. True. Georgia Southern also on the schedule, but you got to figure a uh, new coach, new system. They're probably going to take a step back. So Nebraska could and should probably be uh three and O coming into this game. Oklahoma. Meanwhile, opens with uh UTEP, which is a dangerous game and Kent state. So they'll be two and oh, um, presumably, I mean, big environment, the Scott Frost could really use this. Uh, like, like Nick said, a close loss last year, which has been his calling card, um, his entire tenure at Nebraska. So it would be really nice for him, especially given the sanctions for him to get a big one, because uh, I'm sure the fan base, uh, especially with the show cause there is ready to pull the, pull the plug on him If, if things go South. How's they, the special teams this year? <laughs> yeah, I mean they should. They spent all that money on Mark Whipple. They should have spent all that money on that. I don't know any any the best special teams coach ever. Maybe I don't know, Bill but uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, all right, NC Nick, it's back to you. I could take you in so many different directions. I'm gonna go with uh, in conference in division game. That has been dynamite the last two years, uh, or it's been, at least it's been very interesting the last two years. So I'm going to take you SEC West, Mississippi State at LSU. If you recall, in 2020, it was Leach's first game with Mississippi State, and they took it to LSU. Uh, last year, LSU gets revenge uh, in Stark Vegas. They Questionable calls. Questionable so, calls. Yeah. 
it's year three for Leach. It's Brian Kelly at L- at L- at LSU, uh, assuming they beat Florida State and Southern, and having New Mexico on deck after this game. LSU could get off to a nice four zero start if they can take care of business at home here and obviously beat the Seminoles in Week One, which I think they will in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a great game. I actually had it in my number two game. I had this ahead of Miami A and M because of the stakes in the conference. Um, but yeah, it, it's a great game. Leach, Brian Kelly. I've never seen that one before. That should be fun. Patty C, what do you make of Mississippi State LSU? Well, let me ask you this: Are you guys believing in Coach Leach as far as uh, taking the next step this year? I mean, yes. a lot of close losses last year. Let me uh, ask you: Are you doubting? I'm just not sure what to make of it yet. You know, every time the the coming into the sec, it was a whole new challenge as far as the level of play uh, to see whether this uh, kind of, I guess, system of football will work, you know, or else, or whether it's, you know, with all these analysts, they have going to get diagnosed, you know, and, and picked apart so far, pretty good results, you know, but they're just a couple plays away from being what nine and three last year. Uh, they, they ended up being seven and six shoot. They almost could have been a uh, 10 and 10 and five, I guess, uh, or 10 and what would that be? 10 and three. Um, so that would have been a great year. So if, if they well, can take and, that and the refs step. got them pretty bad. I mean, look, I know we're, we're coach Leach is a friend of the program, but I'm saying that Memphis game was bullshit. The ball was dead and they, the guy returns it for a touchdown. And then the LSU game, I thought the calls were, were very sh- shaky. Yeah. And then they only lost by three at Arkansas. So if, if you give them those three wins, then, then it is a 10 and three season for them. And typically, like you said, it's, it's been year three or four for Leach that he, uh, he takes the big step. So if he's ready to do that, then yeah, this game has some pretty big implications, especially because Brian Kelly, I mean, LSU with 10 players drafted is the, it, it shouldn't even be considered a turnkey program. It shouldn't be considered a program that is already there. That has just been completely botched for the last couple of years. So a guy who has his shit together. Like Kelly probably won't botch this. They'll probably be winning. This will probably be a pretty important game. I think it's called a bag drop program, not turnkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hundred percent agree. All right. And, and Les miles might even call it a, a, a different program. The only thing on my mind, Gene was pussy. <laughs> um, all right, Patty C it is on you. Uh, we got some interesting games here. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to go to a game that could be a spoiler of a game. And there's a guy with some magic and he just got another guy that's got some skills and they, they did it two years ago. So I'm going to take you to South Carolina where the bulldogs will visit the Gamecocks and, uh, potentially play a spoiler to a playoff berth here. Um, what do you guys think about that one? Uh, a little early, but I mean, I mean, 15 players are gone from Georgia's team, but uh, my only problem is, is they probably got 15 better ones uh, on deck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, what, I mean, what was the score in this one last year? Um, 40, 13. I still think it's a decent game. There's stakes there because they, you know, Georgia, I don't know how good the sec East is going to be, but if they slip, potentially there's a, a room for someone to steal their spot. I don't think it would, I don't think Florida and Tennessee are there yet though, but uh, sure. I mean, Spencer Rattler, some of those other Austin Stogner and those transfers that it's kind of entertaining. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I had it ranked all the way down at 11. So I had 
a lot higher, but I do think I do find it intriguing though, because we want to see what Georgia is it's early in the year. We want to see them, you know, with all those guys gone and we think South Carolina might be able to jump up possibly, you know, so it's an intriguing matchup and it is at South Carolina, which helps if this was in Athens, I'd say you're probably looking at a blowout again, but I think it's a kind of a tricky game potentially, or it also could be similar score to last year. <laughs> so it's a <laughs> wide variance here. Interesting game. I just had it ranked a lot lower down. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys this. I want you guys to look into your crystal ball here, right? I'm going to test your long-term abilities and I'm going to check back with you in a couple years on how these interpretations or this prediction is going to go here. Shane Beamer, where is he taking this program? Where's his career going? Is he an elite coach or is he a pretender? I mean, I, right now I would say pretender. Nobody, nobody on this earth can say he's an elite coach right now. <laughs> well, he, uh, no one could say Dabo Swinney was except probably a few people. And then he became it. So those people knew right. what the hell they were talking about. I, I mean, still you know, wonder though, we people that know that we're, we're talking about, I mean, Dabo did a great job and he should be rewarded, but I still say if the ACC was just a little decent, they would have had a lot of loss, a lot more losses. Oh, let's not bring up that argument again. But <laughs> if anybody looks at South Carolina, South Carolina last year and says, this coach is an elite coach. I don't know how they saw that. I'm not saying he's going to fail. Uh, the jury's definitely still out. Uh, you know, I think he'll do solid. I, I don't see him like, you know, bringing South Carolina up to Providence and, you know, being better than Florida, Tennessee, and Georgia that that's what a, an elite coach would do. Right. So I'm going to say no elite, uh, but let's see how it shakes out. I mean, I, well, you want to see gradual steps. You want to see, you know, incremental improvement. And obviously that starts this year and this is a big game for them at home. So I think, I think the Gamecocks just want to be competitive here. You don't want to get blown out. I think that shows a step in the right direction. Yeah. I, I mean, agree. I'll say this though. I think, I think there's a little bit of an it factor, a little bit of an it factor with Shane Beamer, you know, to be able to, you know, as a special teams coach, have everyone rooting for him and, and wanting him as their coach. And then to be able to pull Rattler to a small school from Oklahoma, he's doing a couple of things where you go, Hey, maybe there's something about this guy that, you know, is going to bl bloom here shortly. He probably, well, his, his daddy wasn't too bad of a coach though. So. Yeah. True. I mean, he probably True. even, you know, pulled, had some, uh, some magic with uh, the vegan menus in, in uh, Columbia, South Carolina for, for old Spencer <laughs> Rattler. Um, all right. Next up. I'm going to take you. Yeah. You guys just don't give it love. You know, you know, come on, man. I, I'm going to take you to Michigan state at Washington. Um, Washington had a surprise. I mean, I, considering how bad they were last year, they had more players drafted than, than a few teams that was surprised. Um, so Jimmy Lake, I don't know what was going on there, but Michigan state, I've told you this look for me to ride the under on Michigan state, because if you go back <laughs> and, and, and find uh let me quickly pull up their schedule. You're not buying that 11 win season for a midnight Mel Tucker. I am not. And I can tell you a lot of it is because they were out gain and, and won a lot of those games, the Michigan game. I thought they were incredibly fortunate uh, to get that win. I thought they were I, actually, I'd probably say that they were one of the luckiest teams in all of college football a year ago. So you look at, at that schedule in 2021, uh, what they had 
that Miami game, the score is a little deceiving too. 38, 17, but they added some, some, they, they dressed that thing up. They should have lost to Nebraska oh, yeah. and East Lansing. Adrian Martinez fumbled the, they get a punt return with like a minute left to send it to overtime that Adrian Martinez fumbles. Um, they should have lost. They almost lost to Indiana. They won by five to Indiana. They should have lost to Michigan. Um, I'm just not, they, they, the Penn state game was a three point game. Even the pit game without Kenny Pickett and uh Mathis, their corner. Um, I, I just think they were a forgazy team. And, uh, and here we are. <laughs> I, I just don't, I, Washington's going to beat them. Kalen DeBauer, yeah. Michael Penix. Give me a, give me a Washington an upset special in Seattle. What do you think of this game guys? I think it'll be a good one. And I think you might be right there. Uh, I mean, Last year, our guy Phil Steele had big expectations for Washington. Obviously, they didn't live up to them. They had a tough season, but they had moments where they were decent. I mean, that Michigan game, which obviously Michigan ended up being a playoff team, uh, invitational team, as it were, um, that game was, you know, in striking distance still in the fourth quarter. You know, they had the ball down 14 and then they just couldn't convert. So, uh, I think they're a decent team. They should be. They have been traditionally four and eight last year, but if they can take a step in the right direction uh, and Michigan state comes, you know, shows its true colors, then we could have a ball game and Seattle's a tough place to play. What, what, what is it? Is the 12th man uh, in existence at, uh, at Husky games? I don't think so. That's Texas. That's Texas A&M, right? That's uh, Seattle. Well, Seattle no, but he's talking the Seahawks have it, but that, that place I, I is still know. a really hard place to win. Sure. Sure. So uh, Nick, what do you make of Michigan state Washington? Well, my first bone to pick is your, your order here. I had that at number nine, I have three other home pac 12 games or you know, at least, you know, the, the home teams, the pac 12 team above this one. Cause there's some really good, interesting pac 12 matchups this week. Uh, but I do like the game. I had it top 10. At least I do think the Bauer and I, it looks like Michael Penix. Yeah. The uh, Indiana transfer is going to be the quarterback at UW this year. I think it'll be much improved over their four win season. I mean, that's the problem. You have a, a team that only won four games. That's why this game is not ranked quite as high for me, but it is a tough road trip for Sparty. Um, you know, that 11 win season last year. I mean, it, is that an aberration? Is that a sign of things to come? Probably more of an aberration, but if you look at Michigan state schedule, they could be five and zero with Ohio State coming in to East Lansing in early October. Well, I mean that getting rid of that Boise State game and adding Akron, I thought was really nice, really classy or classy of them, you know. Well, <laughs> hey, it happens, man. But take care of business against Western and Akron. You got at Washington, Minnesota at home, at Maryland. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't have them winning all five, but it's possible, and that could make a big showdown at home. Actually, back-to-back home games: Ohio State and Michigan. Things get tough after that, but uh, or Ohio State, Wisconsin, right? Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Then it's at Michigan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, they need to get off to a good start, and that's include that's including this tough uh, tough road game here. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, then it goes back to you, NC Nick. I will choose one of those other Pac-12 games I mentioned. I think Fresno State at US at USC is interesting as hell. Uh, I mean, with each week that passes, USC becomes more must-watch college football, right? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. We don't know what's going to happen there. They're bringing in all kinds of of talent. You got the new coach, the new quarterback, new running back, new receivers. You name it. New guys on defense. 
but these new faces may not be a cohesive unit just yet. I mean, you know, it's not like it's a dream team. You can't, it's football is different, man. They, they have to you know be a, a complete unit, you know, functioning together and uh, don't sleep on Fresno state with Jeff Tefford, Jeff Hedford coming back to town with Jake Hayner at quarterback. They beat UCLA last year. They were a one score game at Oregon last year. Fresno state can play with PAC 12 teams. And I, that's why I think this is a very interesting matchup here. I'll be watching. Yeah. The last time they played USC, uh, it was a one score game. USC barely escaped in the Coliseum. Uh, and even remember that crazy game in 2005, I think uh, that game was with Reggie Bush. Yeah. I mean, they almost lost that, that USC team, I think is probably the best team in the past 20 years. Um, uh, Patty C what do you make of Fresno at USC? Well, it's funny uh, looking at Fresno's schedule. You, you you were talking early about Oregon State making all those trips to a group of five schools. The week before, they're hosting uh, Fresno's hosting Oregon State. So uh, that trend continues. But um, fortunately for Fresno State, they should be fresh with starting the season with two home games. Uh, the week before against Oregon State's going to be a dogfight. So hopefully they're not worn out for that one and they make a good showing against USC. But boy, uh, Lincoln Riley you know, especially with Stanford uh, on the road a week before this is going to be an interesting game that it's going to, it's going to have a major impact on both of these teams seasons. And because they're pretty evenly matched. Yeah. I mean, shoot, we should go to this one Cole. Yeah. I mean, depending on what, what else is on, it's hard for me to escape the God's eye when you have all that other stuff going on, Maybe you know, we get like a, a pack 12 after dark situation. There we, we go. There we go. Uh, all right. Patty C. You are on the clock. Well, there's a TMZ Pat situation here that I could attack. And then there's a Colby game that I know you're licking your chops for. So I'm going to leave that one for you, even though that might be the better game here. But in terms of just big names and, and really potential, I guess, playoff implications for at least one of the teams, um, BYU at Oregon is where I'm going for this one. Great game. Um, what's that? Sataki turned down the Oregon job in the offseason. Sataki did turn down the orange Oregon job. Wow. Uh, so there you go. Maybe a little bad blood uh, on the part of Oregon here, a little disappointment, but probably not. Um, uh, do you think Dan Lanning is a better coach than Kalani Sataki right now? I cannot say that. I think Kalani Sataki is a really good coach. Uh, yeah, I would love I to see Kalani Colorado S- hire uh, to Kalani Sataki, but Nick, what do you make of BYU Oregon? Great game. I had it ranked number four overall, another pac 12 game, not to pick on you again, Colby. That's more interesting than Michigan state, Washington. Uh, these teams only played six times. The series is three, three with the last game, uh, 38 to eight beat down of the ducks in Las Vegas a few years ago. But uh, look, you got BYU coming off a 10 win season. Jaron hall is back at quarterback. I, I think the Cougars could be really good again this season. And it's a huge game for Dan Lanning and Oregon, assuming they get beat by Georgia week one. I mean, you don't want to start off your career as a head coach one and two with a trip to wazoo next week. So I think it's a huge game. It's it's only week three, but it's a big game for both teams. Uh, So hopefully it's not on too late. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, you're going to have to, I don't know. They tell you got to take a nap early in the day so you can stay up late. (laughs) Uh, Patty, see anything else you want to say on BYU Oregon? I love this matchup. I mean, BYU and I know they're going to be in the Big 12 next year, but uh, I, I think they should be in the Pac-12 personally. I mean, uh, yeah, I, they, they would be a great fit there. Obviously, the, the rivalry with uh, 
uh, Utah would be amazing, but I feel like maybe they could do a ACC, uh, SEC thing and have kind of like the, the cross cross conference rivalry in some of those border games. But um, with, uh, I mean, 10 and four Oregon last year, 10 and three BYU. And both of those teams were good the year before we're, we're, we're we are watching two elite football teams. It's tough to say just how good BYU is, but when you get them against top competition, you know, I mean, cause who, who really was their best, best performance last year. They took a loss. I mean, they beat Baylor. USC. <laughs> yeah. But USC was what four and eight. I know. Not, I'm just uh, saying USC is USC, right? Yeah. I mean, USC still has all that talent. So, I mean, that is a nice feather in BYU's cap, but this is, I mean, well, they beat Utah last year. So they <laughs> there beat you go. Arizona state. I mean, they beat, they beat Washington yeah. state. They, they beat, they beat Arizona. They beat half the freaking pack 12. <laughs> that's true. But and, and the pack 12 champ. Yeah. They beat the pack 12 champ. So that's all you really need to know. And, and the pack 12 champ nearly beat Ohio state. So what BYU do you want to Beat Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Fair enough. You know? Okay. That be what that Utah game was, uh, is a big, big feather in their cap. And uh, Oregon obviously did beat Ohio state last year. So these are elite football games. I, I mean, and the fact that these should be kind of, there should be a rivalry here, but you said they haven't played in a while. Only well, six times yeah. ever. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I hope we see more of this in the future. Now that uh is up in the group or power five and getting their, the, the credit that they're due, but this is, a, this is a nice one for this year. For sure. All right. Guys, I got to do it. Meep, meep. All right. Oh, come on. Get out UTSA. Of here. No, UTSA catches Texas the week after they play Bama. The week after they play Bama, the Roadrunners that won 12 games a season ago, that prior to that won seven. Jeff Trailer, not Jeff Bryant, as I almost said, the defensive tackle or the defensive end from Texas AM again. Not uh, Robert Trailer either. Yeah. Not Tractor Trailer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he uh, is building something, and I thought it was great that he turned down. Uh, didn't all the interviews for, he said, I want to stay here and build this thing. I thought it's great. And you want to talk about a chance after they get whooped by Alabama, Texas, they lost to Kansas last year. This is, this is a sneaky spot with road runners beating NC Knicks fighting a lion eye in champagne a year ago. Watch out for the road runners. Meep meep. Nick, I'll Big let Jeff you have George the floor over here. <laughs> I'll let you have the floor, Nick. No, I mean, I do find it a very, Interesting game. You, once again, you just picked it way too early. Your, your, your order here is is out of whack. I'm gonna blame it on your flu, uh, but <laughs> it's the first matchup ever, actually, which is interesting. Uh, and I, I don't think we can underestimate like how big of a game this is for the Roadrunners because I would imagine at least three quarters of their team is from the state of Texas that never got you know even shown any interest, any love from the Longhorns. So. It's a big game. It's interesting, but I mean, UTSA might just be a flash in the pan. They, you know, two years from now, they might kind of fade into obscurity. We don't know. Uh, I mean, I like what they're doing down there. It's a huge opportunity. What, it's what, interesting. What if I had told games, you, right? What if I told you Texas only has seven more wins than UTSA over the past decade? <laughs> All right. Check, check this out. Houston, crazy. Houston, TCU, Baylor, Texas, A&M. Uh, all have more wins than uh, than Texas in the past decade. UTSA has momentum with 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 Trailer saying he's staying there. 
if they're able to steal this game, they're going to the AAC the following year. Watch out for the Roadrunners. I love this matchup, Patty. See what do you think? Oh, you gotta love it. I, it's huge, like you said. If they if they've really never played before, that's unbelievable. Uh, it's gonna be the Super Bowl for UTSA. Uh, I mean, w- will Trailer be Jamie Chadwell after this year and still considered elite, or will he go the uh, way of Seth Luttrell and kind of take a big step back and be a flash in the pan, like you said? I don't know, but shoot, you want to talk about a game that would cement his legacy in San Antonio forever? This would be it. I mean, Nick thinks this UTSA team is just, uh, you know, he thinks they're a flash in the pan. 12 wins is 12 wins, buddy. What happened in the bowl game again? San Diego State got him, but San Diego State just put more players in the NFL than the USC, buddy, all right? <laughs> and, they and they won 10 games. Kansas last year. Yeah. I mean, what makes you wow. so sold uh, on the fact that, that Texas is going to win this game? No, I'm not, but I brought up the bowl game because my next pick, I think I'm on the clock next. If we could just fast forward, I just want to throw this out there. All right. Two years ago when UTSA was seven and five and in trailers first year, they played at BYU. They went 10 and one. They lost by seven, one score game. This team's better than people realize they are better than what people realize. They're going to give enough. the Longhorns a game. Uh, all right. You're on the clock. Well, that's a fun game. It's a cute game. Nice little story there. I have a, a 10 win team uh, hosting a 12 win team from a year ago. And that is San Diego state at Utah. And by the way, they played last year at San Diego state and it was a 33 to 31 final in three overtimes. Tell me why this game is not better than a couple of those other ones you mentioned. Well, because the it, look, I get it. It is better in the fact that like, Okay, this is a real shot for an upset, but the little brother effect with UTSA, I love that matchup. I find it compelling. Uh, but this Maybe one is why you are the, the little brother. Well, <laughs> in more than one way. Well, how about this oh, fact? How about wow. this fact? I'm gonna come back at you. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it's getting boring. San Diego State's, I think, eight and one in their last nine against the Pac-12. So it, <laughs> it's kind of boring. They dominate them. <laughs> Colby, you never get bored of a group of five beating a power five. Don't lie. <laughs> well, well, a couple other things here. So, um, yeah, shout out to uh, San Diego State for that dominant performance over UTSA in the Frisco Bowl. Frisco, Texas, best damn city in the world. Shout out to Frisco. <laughs> uh, and yeah, but I kind of wrote this down. Like, is, is there any other football program that is such a mismatch for their city than San Diego State? Like what I mean uh, is what I mean was that is the Aztecs are like tough run oriented, defensive minded in a, in a, a sunny and beautiful town in Southern California. That's true. Where no one cares about football. Yeah. Yeah. Punt God punt. God was San Diego was, state should be in the Midwest. Yeah. Even San Diego state's <laughs> punter was badass. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, no, I like that game. I think it's a great game. And like I said, San Diego state, I want to say, uh, yeah, they beat Utah a year ago. The last time they played UCLA, I think they won. Last time they played Arizona State, I think they won. Last time I think they played Cal, they won. I think they split a home and home with Stanford. Um, this team uh, continues to to show. I don't know why they're not in the Pac-12 because USC is probably being bitches and saying no. We recruit San Diego. Well, um, if, if if the Pac-12 ever does think about expanding and, they, and winning is a priority, this should be where they look. I mean, their basketball program is fantastic. If COVID didn't happen, they might have went to the Final Four. Um, you know what I mean? Like they, they've had a great program in both these sports, basketball and football for like over a decade. 
They got they got history. Air Coriel, John Madden, Joe Gibbs, Marshall Falk. Come on. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. That's some that's some Michael, champs Michael Cage, Jerry Curl, let your soul glow. <laughs> uh I like that matchup though. I like that matchup a lot. Sorry, uh, I got animals. I got animals over here. Um, <laughs> um but anyway, uh next up on the clock, Patty C, I believe it's you, right? And I'm gonna let my TMZ Pat colors shine here a little bit, okay? And look, you know what? This is the thing about the Pac-12 playing uh, good non-conference games. Is in a week like this, where there's not a lot of conference action in the other conferences, and the other conferences are kind of doing shitty non-conference games, getting ready for their uh, their their conference slate. Pac-12 is is shining, you know. And there's a lot of good games, and I am taking us to South Bend where the Cal golden bears are visiting the fighting Irish. And this is the first time they've played in over 50 years. They've only played four times ever 1967. You figure at Notre Dame with their love for going out West would get more of these teams. And I know I've, I've seen them play. Uh, obviously Stanford and USC a million times, but uh, I've seen them play UCLA. So why Cal, why is Cal not uh, part of that rotation? They should be. And I like this game. It's going to be kind of fun. And it's a big one for Marcus. Uh, uh, this is the second time I forgot his name. Yeah. Marcus, Marcus Freeman. Freeman. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, it, it would be a huge win for Cal and a bad loss for Notre Dame. And Cal's like a strange team. They show up to play on the road. Their last couple trips. I feel like at Ole Miss and at North Carolina and at Maryland, I think they won all of them. Um, this would be a big one. I mean, I think Justin Wilcox is one of the most underrated coaches. I know he struggled with COVID stuff for the past two years where I feel really bad for him. I'm surprised he didn't take the Oregon job, but it seems like he's building something there. Uh, Nick, what do you make a Cal at Notre Dame? Yeah, I think this is the first time where we we've dropped a tier. Uh, I would say everything else was top tier. Now, you know, no offense to Patty's pick. I think any pick here is falling down a tier, but um, uh, yeah, Justin Wilcox. I mean, he's 26 and 28 overall in five seasons only 15 and 25 in the pack 12. He's had some things to deal with there, but still those records are, you know, they're not going to keep you around that much longer if you have those kinds of winning percentages. So, well, well I mean, they just extended them because he didn't take the, the Oregon job. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I don't know, but all I'm saying is that that doesn't mean they can't fire your ass. If you don't turn it around, <laughs> that's true. That is uh, true. Contract just, is, it means nothing. <laughs> I'm just a sucker for the old, uh, Midwest Pacific coast glamor game. You know, uh, uh, call me, call me all the insults you want. I I, I buy it a little bit. It's you know, there's gonna fun. be strong. There's gonna be strong helmet porn in this game to see those blue <laughs> yeah. cows helmets going up against the, the shiny golden dome. You know, that, yeah, that's it a cool beautiful. matchup. It is now, Cal needs to do something about those God awful jerseys. It's like, it looks like a seventies, like polo shirt, you know, that like you see all the nerdy, it was just terrible style back then. Everyone's got the short shorts, the knee high socks. I mean, amazing style. Let's be honest. But like, that's kind of what their current uniform looks like. They, they got to fix it up. Like when Tedford was there, they had real swag, but the cow the helmets are money. The helmet yeah. they haven't touched and it is amazing. Yeah, it is. I agree. Yeah. I agree with the uniforms though. A hundred percent. All right. Well, look, this puts me on the clock, but before I get to the clock, I want to tell you that the 
college football experience. Week three preview is brought to you by WinBet. Make sure to get down on WinBet's ten dollars to win two hundred dollar promotion, where a ten dollar bet qualifies you for up to two hundred dollars in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a thousand dollars. And of course, don't forget to to get involved in their same game parlays with the Win Win's own Build Your Bet feature. All users can receive a twenty dollar free bet when they when they win, lose, or push a three leg or three plus essentially leg uh, build your own bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. That's uh, players can take advantage of the NBA playoffs. There's so much to choose from and all you have to do is download WinBet app or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com to get started today. Offer subject to change ter- terms and conditions apply at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older in this present state where you play the WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-247-000. All right. We're also brought to you by Trade coffee. All right. I mean, you gotta love trade coffee. Trade coffee, uh, you know, it, it connects customers to the fresh, the freshest, I should say, and best tasting coffee they've ever they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for their independent roasters, uh, often the uh, being the largest source of new growth for them. Expert uh, tasted coffee. I mean, these guys, uh, they sit around and taste 450 different kinds of coffee. All right. How about that for a job? But this is a good product. I'm like, look, my wife's Colombian. So, you know, she knows coffee and she said trade coffee is quality. All right. Uh, trade's first match guaranteed. Uh, trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take uh, your feedback and action. And an actual coffee expert will work with you to send you a brand new bag for free. How about that? Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started today by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash SGP and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off. All right. I'm on the clock. Things are things are getting good here. We're gonna uh we're going to jump over here. If you're listening to this audioly, um, 